Hello and welcome to Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast. This is your host, Jake. Uh, this is the second part of a two-parter, um, my first two-parter of this podcast. Um, I decided to split it up so it would be a little more uh, palatable for you to listen to. I know we were, Becky and I were all over the place, um, <laughs> but it was a, such an enjoyable conversation. We, um, I hope that parts of it, or if not all of it, will resonate with you. Um, but right off the top here, I just wanted to jump in real quick and give some, just say the regular shit um, that uh, you can reach me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. You can send your stories. Um, I'm eventually going to start reading those online if you want me to. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to work that because I might work it a little bit differently than not so Molly Mormon does. Um, I, um, I, let's see. And also you can re- also reach me a good direct way to reach me right up if you really just want to chat with somebody i'm on instagram at not so peter priesthood and i'm usually pretty pretty responsive on there um and then also if you can rate review and subscribe on itunes um that'd be great that's how i how this podcast gets discovered and how more people can listen to it and um and be able to hear these great stories that you guys are sharing and that the guests are giving and this advice that the, my guests and friends are giving to all of y'all. So, um, without, with that being said, um, the rest of this episode is a little more of the same. Um, we're a little bit all over the place, but it's great. Um, I do think that there's a theme of, um, just like finding these, half truths in the church and how things just aren't adding up and how some people's actions just aren't matching the words and the doctrines of the church. And, um, that goes even to like the prophets and down to like the, your very neighbor next door. So, um, hence the title of the, the episode, but, um, yeah. So when I, when I left off, I was talking about prayer and, um, an experience where I was praying to God and, uh, I, I mistaked, mistake, mistook my, ah, man, I can't speak. Um, I mistook my feelings of relief for the spirit, which I think is very um, telling of how much the church um, kind of gears you into like being tuned into your feelings, but mistaking those for something, some outside force that is working on you. It's not your own feelings and that are being validated. It's, um, it's some other unknown ethereal being that's um, confirming whatever it is to you. Um, but yeah, just like I've also talked with other people where um, the church doesn't allow you to have responsibility or take um, take control of your own life. It, it, it always has some other outside force that is responsible for your actions or um, like Satan made me do it and um, I'm being tempted and I'm um, for men it's usually that discussion of oh well she was wearing this and that and that Um, and also women being responsible for men's ideas and their thoughts about them and that purity culture with behind that so anyway i'm going on a little tangent myself right now so anyway i hope you enjoy this episode and the tail end of this um becky will definitely return to the podcast and we will have more amazing conversations with her she's an incredible person and i hope you enjoy
I'm going to go on. And it doesn't have to include the church and that framework that you've built. And I, um, I don't know, I, it was, I remember cr- like uh, crying, obviously, but I was just like, I kept expecting, so I had prayed before though, I had prayed about it, but in a different framework of, um, I keep saying that's a buzzword for me today, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I kept praying with the idea of make me straight, make me and take this away from me rather than this is who I am and this is who I've always been. So I'm just going to, and now I'm going to accept it. And I think that was the difference there. And I, I think that's kind of parallel with your experience in that you, um, this is not working for me. So we're going to let it go. Like the marriage isn't working for me. The church isn't working for me. And now I'm free. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that's a hundred percent. And I think that, um, I'm also kind of, I'm also identify as agnostic. Um, And so trying to make peace with, because, you know, I identifying as that and then going back and looking at like, okay, I prayed about this and I remember feeling this and I, you know, like all of that. Um, And I think that, so I, so my bachelor's is in psychology and I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. And so there's a lot of like, there's that therapy kind of psychology perspective that I lens that I kind of tend to look, look through a lot of times, but I feel like, um, I think that feelings, when we have feelings, a lot of times it's giving us information about ourselves, whether that information is true or false, it doesn't matter. The, the, the fact of the matter is those feelings are giving us information about ourselves. And so if we are praying about something and we're feeling tension or we're feeling, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I, I feel like that says a lot, but when we are praying about, you know, quote in quotes, praying about something and we feel like we can let it go or we feel peace or whatever the case may be. Um, for me lately, I have been identifying the idea of quote God as just love. And when I do that, it helps me to kind of ground myself to, to me. I feel like we all have spiritual pieces and parts of ourselves. Um, like, well, just like we are physical beings where I, I also truly believe that we are emotional and mental and spiritual beings. And we have that piece of ourselves. And when we, um, are praying or meditating or whatever the case may be, and we're able to key into what we are feeling, I feel like that gives us the, the information about ourselves that we need in order to move forward, to grow, to evolve, you know, whatever the case may be. So you praying and accepting who you are, you know, what that is, is you learned to have love for yourself and exactly who Jake is and who, how Jake was created or meant to be or whatever the case may be. And I feel like that is, that is way more powerful than anything else. And I also feel like at the end of the day, let's say there is a God, would I change the way that I live now? Cause that was something that really stressed me out. <laughs> I, I will have to say, oh, yeah. um, cause when I left the church, I went, <clears throat> I went to a non-denominational church for a little while and loved it, loved it. But then I started seeing little things in the Bible and I'm like, 
this is like it's all the same it's all the same yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and i loved all the good feelings that i had there and i loved the music and i loved and i still like when i get really stressed out sometimes i still turn to to um certain songs or whatever um to bring those feelings of peace but i really feel like at the end of the day we have what we need inside of ourselves and so praying or whatever, um, I, I tend to turn towards more meditation now. But when I do those things, I'm able to ground myself in who I am and my unconditional love for myself. And once I have that, really, nothing else matters. So I don't know if that's been your experience, but that has definitely been my experience. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I've to went to like I went to like a I went to a orth no no the Judeo no what are they called uh <laughs> Messianic Jew church okay. yeah and okay. I I thought it was so I felt like it was um and it I I loved the feeling there because it was like old like Old Testament meets new test it was felt like a a good conversation between the two of the old testament and the new testament rather than like uh you know usually how they're like we don't really talk about the old testament we just yes. focus on the new testament <laughs> yeah. and then but they actually recognize the old testament and they recognize and they they see they they um define themselves basically as what i understand is the the jewish people that believe in Christ so um and they believe him as as the savior and so it felt very um because I know the church the Mormon church uh identifies a little bit with the Jewish like they're just like oh we're they're a lot like us you know but I think that they tried I don't know I don't know if that's really a good comparison but like I just I it felt a lot similar it felt like a but they they also did like the the jewish dances and then they did we did like a uh i've brought this up before the 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 passover celebration and all that stuff mm-hmm. like i went to one of their those one of those is a quote-unquote cer- i don't know is a quote ceremony but it was like it's yeah. a meal but you you have um Elijah, like you set a place for Elijah and you you go through the whole thing, like the unleavened bread and you do mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I thought it was amazing. Like it was so cool. But like, um, and I had this friend that was like trying to get me into, cause I had talked to her about being Mormon and all this stuff. And she was, um, that was in the Navy and she was, um, she was very into the, this other, it was more like a Pentecostal feeling, this oh, church. Okay. Mm-hmm. that was um and i went to that one too and i was completely different feeling you know completely different vibe this woman that um claimed to be a prophet which uh, and she was she started all like sweet and great and i was like oh this is nice this is nice and then she started yelling and like people were starting standing up and like you know doing all this stuff and she was like healing people and doing all this stuff and i was like are the snakes coming out you know i don't know like i didn't know what was what and i was that one is a little uncomfortable for me, but I was just like, but I went, you know, I went with it, but I, I say that I digress. I, um, my spirituality now is a little more like I have my own, um, relationship with God. And I think ever since that experience where I prayed to God, like I, because I 
and I say quote unquote God, like whatever, you know, I, my experience now is my own relationship with the universe or whatever is my own responsibility and mine to navigate rather mm-hmm. than I don't need to be told by somebody else how to do that and how yeah. to understand the world around me and how to, how I relate to the world and how, and I don't get, they don't get to tell me how to act because I know how to be a good person. I know how to love, you know, I've been taught, I was raised right. Like the church does, you know, my parents were, are good people. So they, they taught me good morals, good values, all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I know how to be a good person. So I, I don't, I don't need the, the church to be in involved and I don't need any church to be involved because I don't, you know, and some people do, some people need that structure, you know, and that's, that's fine. But like, I, 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 w- I do want to like get into meditation a little more. And like, I feel like that would be, I've talked to Dusty who does like yoga and yes. um, I would love to get into Everything I listen to with Dusty, I'm like, she would be my best friend forever. <laughs> like, I She's love her. She's incredible. Funny. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you two should actually just start talking and i'll be jealous but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that's what this this whole platform's for is to like connect people with that are like-minded and that are um trying to understand what we went through and also like where do we go from here you know like and uh you get ideas from other people of like this oh that works for you maybe that'll work for me and like maybe i can you know formulate that to like fit my how i am so. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the beauty, like, and I think I really genuinely think this is beautiful. And I didn't used to, uh, because I was always told what was beautiful, you know. But I feel like what's genuinely beautiful about human beings is that we are all so incredibly different, so incredibly different, and so we all have different needs and different um, things that fill those needs and different. Um, I don't know, just, we, we're just all so incredibly different. And so, um, like one of my good friends that I, I used to work with me, so keep in touch. Um, I'm the same as Dusty. Like yoga. I love yoga. Yoga grounds me in so many ways. Um, it is, it is a spiritual experience for me as well as a physical and mental experience and sometimes emotional, depending on where I'm at. But you know, this other friend is like, yeah, I've tried yoga. It doesn't work for me. I need to, I need like loud angry music and I need like a punching bag or I need to go on a run or whatever and I'm like that's cool like the thing the the fact of the matter is we're just all incredibly different and finding those things that help us to navigate emotions navigate life tap into like who we truly are um it's all going to be different for everybody and so a one size fits all whatever religion is not going to cut it it's just not um and maybe for some people, it would be a stepping stone to whatever it is that they need. But, and then, you know, for other people, it, it's not. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot in me that's like, I'm trying, like, I try to to dig through and find the positive pieces of Mormonism that have been good for me. I don't find very many. I really don't. I, I genuinely do not find very many. But... Um, I think that there are things, but like, I don't know, like, I think I, I, when I've asked my parents questions about themselves and their childhoods and whatnot, they were raised to be good kids, 
um, they they got really like 100% into church after they got married. But before then, they had been raised with good morals. And it was completely independent of the church. They were they were just raised to be good people. Their, their parents taught them to be honest. They taught them to be loving and they taught them to be kind. And they, you know, and all of those things were there. And I think they would have been there whether they were Mormons or not. And and I think that it's it's more of just a, a human being. Like it wasn't a religion that taught their parents to teach their kids to be good human beings. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think a religion is the end all be all for something to teach people to just genuinely be good humans. <laughs> Cause right. I know, I know a hell of a lot of people and a hell of a lot of politicians who claim to be like church going Christian people and they are terrible human beings. So They're you the worst. Yes, yes. It's weird that it's interesting to me that like the Christian and like Mormons, like they're like, usually like the ones that are most about are usually the worst of them. Like they treat people like shit. Like there's terrible people. And I don't, it's me being in, when I went to the Navy. So, um, and I, and I'm sorry, tell me, tell me the timetable for that. You served a mission, but when did you go into the Navy? How old were you when that happened? Oh, I was 29 when I was at boot camp, So I was a lot older, but, um, um, and I left, I got out when I was 36 and two years ago. Um, I, I did it so late. It just kind of, I was at the kind of dead end kind of thing, like working at Desert Book. And I was, um, it's going to be the like traumatizing, like I've been through all these like, huge experiences and that's going to be the one that's going to be like oh god like of all the anyway um but i joined because i was like at a dead end and i was um talking to my friend and she was joining the air force and i was like hmm, maybe i'll look into the military and i that's kind of how it ended up and i was it was either air force or navy for me and i went to the recruiter state recruiting office and the air force wasn't in at the time, so I went down to the halls of the Navy, and the rest is history. And <laughs> I actually, I've talked to so many people in the Navy that had the same exact experience. That they were like, "I wanted to join the Air Force, but they weren't in the office." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> yeah." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, "Is the Navy paying the Air Force to not be in the yeah, office?" Yeah, to not be in the office. Like, Hey, can you just like not be here because you know that you're gonna get chosen before us so like (laughs) but but i i loved my experience in the navy it was incredible and i'm actually going to go into the reserves again um but i yeah i another thing that the mormon church like going back to like how my aunt was talking about the quote-unquote mission field and how she was talking about like the girls out in the outside of Utah and Idaho or whatever and how they're different and quote unquote. And I, um, there's always, there's this fear that they put into you of don't talk to anybody that's not a member, you know, of like, let's just only associate with members. And I mean, in Utah and Idaho, it's like, okay, well, that's like the two students that aren't members, you know, like, okay. But like outside, it's just like, who who else are you going to associate with? You know, but like, there's this like demonizing of non-members and I don't um, that always bugged me too. Cause I was just like, but like, 
but it also I had no no way to like compare because I was just like I was always surrounded by members so I was just like well I don't even know like I always had this like image of a non-member and like oh I had family members that weren't like really into the church but they were they knew about it so they still had that you know and so um but they were always labeled as like crazy or the black sheep you know and so (laughs) I um when I my first really like mission like you go out there and you're like you're supposed to help them you know like you you do associate with obviously you so to say with people that aren't members because you're trying to teach them mm-hmm. and but there's this like feeling of superior superiority between yeah. you yes. and like oh i'm here to help you and i'm here to save you and i'm here to baptize you and you know once you do this once you join you'll your life will be saved and and i um and we'll get you on the right path kind of thing and uh so there was that like that filter between that but then I for the first time um like when I left Utah like when I left Idaho and went into the Navy that was like the first time I was among quote real people quote unquote you know where like non-members who were without this idea of I need to save you I need to you know I'm just I'm among you now like and it's not even like I, I didn't consciously think that like I was just like suddenly I was able to be free and to be myself with them and not have that that different like the idea that I'm different from them because of my religion and because yeah. and I'm trying to bring them to me and convert them it was I just want to be your friend and yeah. um I just need a support system. We all need a support system. Yeah. And um, like, let's just talk. And honestly, the best people I know are from the, those experiences I had in the Navy where it wasn't, and some of the kindest, most genuine, give you the shirt off their backs types of people that would, and um, from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, like it was just a beautiful, like, diverse experience that just but we're all like this common goal and it just to me that felt like what a church should be like you know yeah. even though it wasn't a church but it it was structured and it was uh different people coming together with no judgment between you and sure there's a ranking system but like that just goes with the structure but like it was there was no need to like I was, I just felt more compassion with each other. Like you become like a family Yeah. and I, um, I don't know. It's just a beautiful experience for me. I do, do you feel like there was this pressure to, to maintain a specific image? Not for, no, like, um, I wonder, like, I wonder if that's the difference. That, that could, that, yeah. And that goes back to like what we were talking about earlier too, is I just mm-hmm. didn't, I did meet, there was a guy that was a member There were, uh, there were two or three of us when I first got to the ship that were members. And at the time I was um, still kind of whatever. I forgot about this. Um, but there was one guy, he's, um, he was actually in my, in my division and um, he ended up going, he left early because his wife had a baby. But um, so I didn't really get to know him that well, but like we, they tried to get me to come to like sacrament meeting because they would do like a little sacrament on Sundays or whatever. And that was cool that they would do that. But I was just like, I wasn't interested. But um, like to me, my 
I was too busy, first of all, like trying to learn my job. Too busy, like suddenly I was like free and like I had already experienced in Pensacola. I was like the first time being like a completely out gay man. And like, I was, that was what I was dealing with navigating. I didn't really care. I was like, I wanted to put religion on the back burner and I didn't care about my image. Like when on the ship though, like the thing for me that was on the forefront was like my, the gayness. Like I just didn't want it to be, I didn't. And maybe this goes with the, I don't know what, I don't know what brought this on. Maybe I just, because now it's a little different for me, but like, because you live in close quarters with a bunch of other men and you don't, and you don't know what they're, you know, you also want to protect, I like, for me, I want to protect myself a little bit too, but I also want to, I went out of my way to make them comfortable that I wasn't checking them out, you know, or I wasn't like sexualizing them because, you know, I wanted them to feel safe too. Like that. I wasn't like some predatory gay man that was, you know, and there's, you know, conversations to have about that because it's, I shouldn't have had to do that. But at the same time, like, I, I felt necessary. Like, I felt that that was what I needed to do. And, um, I, I don't know, but it wasn't about my image anymore. Like it was more about like, it kind of was like in that, in the more in like the gay, like, I don't, I didn't want them to, cause there's like this, um, what's the word stereotype of gay men especially in the navy mm-hmm. where um and like i would talk to like uh civilians uh it's this it, feel it's weird like the similarities of talking about like, civilians and like members non-members you know like there's a little yes. bit of that you know just like, yeah. I'm like and sometimes i think i left a cult to lead, to join another cult you know because like <laughs> the military is a little bit of a a little bit of a cult you know like i just <laughs> it's got it's got its own stuff you know yeah yeah i mean every, like a, its, i think just like any organization though yeah it has its issues but i um what was i like i would talk to these like civilians in san diego and they they find out i was in the navy which is it's a big navy city but like um i they'd be like oh you you must get a get a lot of action on the ship i'm like no literally no like gross like i don't like first of all that's where i work so I'm not going to mix pleasure with work. And also, second of all, like ships are nasty. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, like I barely, I try not to touch bare surfaces as much as possible on the ship, you know, cause it's just nasty. Yeah. And, um, and also like those guys become my brothers. Like they become my friends, like, and my family, like I'm not going to, Yeah. and they've also got their own, like they're like, I'm not going to, and so I just would never put that on them, you know, and I, I used to get so offended by that. Cause I would just be like, Oh no, I'm not like, stop sexualizing the military. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. And that, but it, it, that, that's interesting that that was like the automatic um, assumption though for them. And, mm-hmm. and probably there are circumstances that that is the case, yeah. but I mean, it's clear from your experience that that is not, always the case you know for sure um and you know i know a lot of people that would mix work with whatever you know oh it happened all the time there too like i was uh yeah i'm anyway yeah it happened all the time but like and um but i i was the only out gay man on my ship there were Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure there were gay men, but like I didn't know, like they weren't out, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was literally the only one that was completely out and completely just like open about it. So, um, did you find did, did you find that um, people were respectful towards you? Yeah. Um, at first, though, so um, one of the episodes I talked about with Ann and um, yeah. mm-hmm. Chief um, mm-hmm. about glass. Um, I started a gay straight alliance on the ship, but like, so when I when I got on the ship, there was gay jokes everywhere. It was a different cult, different climate there. They're just like uh, the they would use the the three letter F word the all the time, and um, there were gay jokes everywhere. And I was just I didn't feel safe. And I ended up writing a letter to the captain, and um, which is like as an E three, like it's just especially not like a big old long diatribe where I just <laughs> like yeah. I need support and I need like let's start something like is there a group that I can start like some sort of I wanted it to be officially recognized by the command and um I didn't want to just like and I didn't know enough people to be just and I didn't want to just start asking people I wanted I had to go through the proper channels so I um I started this gay straight alliance on my ship and um that was it completely by the I can it's black and like a black and white difference between when I first got to the ship and when I left so like the culture and I take very big like pride in that because it was um I had a huge hand in that and that like they were very like people were more supportive there was it opened up a conversation for people to have and that's what I wanted like and people would always come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, and like, um, I was also a victim advocate for sexual assault on my ship. And I was specifically like for, they have a, like a, you can put a little tag on yourself that like, I'm a safe place, safe person to go to for LGBTQ people who yeah. identify that way. So um, I was able, I did that. It wasn't like anything extra with the training or anything, but it was just like, mm-hmm. I'm somebody that you can go to if you had like a, if you're, if you identify in that community. And also um, if you had an experience with that, you know, like, yeah. and then you want to talk about that. So um, that was interesting, but I had, ever since I did those things, I was, um, it was, I felt like people were more respectful and more um, more open about it. Like they were able to talk about it more. So that's incredible. I um, I admire that you that you took the um, initiative to to do that and make that happen because um, I think a lot of people, uh, or maybe may, like maybe me putting myself in your shoes. I I don't know that I would have the courage to do that. Like I I think that that uh, and and that is literally paving the way for people that follow um mm-hmm. to learn what it's like to create those safe places and to and to initiate those conversations that um i think might be uncomfortable for some people because they're they're not given those opportunities to to have those conversations um so i think that's incredible yeah thank you i um it was it's still something i like oh i did that thing i just <laughs> And I really don't know what, like, I look back on it, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I don't really remember, like, what drove me to actually write the, the letter, you know? And I just was, like, I was exhausted, and I was just, 
Um, I think I had come from the experience of Pensacola and I had also, I think it goes back to being in the closets for so long that I was just, and like putting, I felt like I was, I had gotten a taste of being out and doing all, you know, being genuine and authentic to myself at Pensacola. Mm-hmm. And then I go on the ship and I felt like I was being pushed back into the closet, like that I oh, was. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where it kind of came in where I was just like, I refuse to go back. Like I refuse to, I spent 29 years, almost 30 years of being like a fight, you know, constantly fighting this. And I've, I've worked so hard on this to get where I am. I'm not doing that again. So. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think, unfortunately, like, I don't remember who I was talking to um, or maybe I was just reading stuff on social media, just about that whole aspect of, of being in the closet. Um, And, and, and really what that is, is, is hiding um, bits and pieces of who you are. And so losing that opportunity to be authentic and to, um, and, and, and honestly, a lot of, I, I think, you know, it was on the national coming out day that I was reading a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. there were some people that put um, things out there where they said something along the lines of, we understand if you genuinely feel like it's not safe for you to be out of that closet. And if that is the case for you, understand that, you know, like I'm a safe space and, and I ho- hope for your sake that someday that, that won't always be the case. And I think that like I, I genuinely like started thinking about um, times in my childhood or, or adolescence or adulthood where I felt like I could not be like genuine to who I am, my authentic self. And so like it kind of gave me a little like granted, like there's no comparison, but it helped me to kind of try to empathize. Mm-hmm. with what that would be like to not be true to who you are and to not show those par- the parts and pieces of yourself that are just you. Like, you can't change. You can't like, and why would you want to? It's just genuinely who you are. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like it really, it really opened my eyes a little bit more when I stopped and tried to put myself in that place of like, what would it be like to, just feel like I had to hide all the time. Mm-hmm. It would suck. It would suck. Yeah. Well, like, it gets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what it, it's just exhausting to like live. You've kind of, I remember just feeling like I lived like this double life. Like I just, cause I would literally go to school at BYU Idaho and then I would go to work at Desert Book and then I would go drinking or I would go like, go hook up with some dude, you know, like I just, it was, I, and I couldn't tell anybody about that. And also not, let's not talk about that. Well, we could talk about a little bit the dangers of that. Like I would, um, I finally came out to one of my really close friends that I met when I was at Utah state. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was still very much, he was one of the first, I think he, I think he was like one of the very first people I came out to and um he's very supportive and i um i i just needed i remember going on this like 
this hookup that I, uh, and some stranger, you know, like I just went to this house and I texted my friend and said, Hey, I'm at this, lo- like, this is where I'm at. You know, it's basically like when I go hiking now, like where I, I tell a friend where I'm going, you know, that's kind of the idea. Like, just so you know, this is where I'm going. I'm, you know, just in case, and I'll text you when I'm done, you know? Yeah. And um, he, that experience, that specific experience turned out actually to be very um, scary. Like it was, uh, there was a moment where I thought that I, there was, it could have, I mean, it could have gone, he was very, a lot bigger than me and like a lot more powerful. And he took, he, he took that advantage of that. And I, um, there was a moment in there where I thought I might not make it, you know, this could be where I die, you know, like, and I, um, something that was supposed to be very, you know, pleasurable and very like, um, but like the, the hookup culture is huge in the gay community because like, that's what we have to do, you know, like kind of, you have to, that's why cruising is a thing and like why like um historically you know and i but it's dangerous and so i don't think people think of that i like the like when you really get into it like that that's part of hiding yourself is having to put yourself in situations that may not be the best for you and um Luckily, that didn't. I mean, I'm alive and yeah. well and everything, but like, <laughs> I I don't know. I I think the church, like going back to like the, I, there was something that you had said that uh, called back something that um, we had talked about earlier about like just lying. Like we had been talking about like lying as an example. Like I, I think it kind of comes full circle with that. Like it just it's a fear of hide, like of you're protecting something. And mm. that's, um, I guess that's where I was going with that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that is kind of full circle actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, this has been awesome. We can wrap it up. I don't know if you, if, do you have any final thoughts for people that are listening that are (laughs) I know that's a big ask (laughs) it is yeah I just I don't know I I feel it's interesting because it's been it's been seven years since I've been out of the church and I you know there's definitely still times that I feel very alone um in that and I only like I only started this Instagram page a, a few months ago five months ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was, it was with the intention of hoping that, that perhaps I could make that road less lonely for somebody else and provide some paving so that it's not such a, just like a, I don't know, like I, I picture, um, going on a walk in, in an area that is just surrounded by brush and having to like, um, take tools and try to like figure out like your path through it. And that's what I feel like it was for me. And I don't want that to be somebody else's experience. And so, um, I guess, I don't know, final thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember like what started us on this road of doing this podcast to begin with. Um, 
We were, well, I guess, I mean, we kind of got into it a little bit. The, um, because you were talking about the, the like, how we, we both kind of talked about our, like, spirituality after, mm-hmm. like, after leaving the church and um, how that, sometimes, like, it's just hard to navigate that with, for a lot of people. And I think that was kind of what, like, the reason why I reached out to you was, like, you had posted something with, about that. And I was like, yeah. that was a really yeah. good conversation mm-hmm. to have because I, I think a lot of people struggle with, um, because you leave this very structured experience and no matter your feelings about the church, like that is a, and it's a huge part of your identity. Yes. Um, yes. And so like, where do you go from there? And I, yeah. And I feel like people are either on one extreme or the other with that. It's almost like, okay, I want nothing to do with spirituality or I want everything to do with spirituality, but nothing to do with the church. And like, and where do I go from there? And, and feeling this pressure um, I think I know for me, like I was one of those people, like this pressure to to experience spirituality and have answers and to, you know, and I and I think maybe the the parting thought that I would have is for people to um, to not put pressure on themselves, to feel like and, and to understand that it's OK to not have the answers and to take things a day at a time and a step at a time and understand that they're not going to get there tomorrow. Like it's going to take time. It's going to take, um, deconstructing. Um, there, there's a song that one of my really good friends had shared with me back when I was, um, a a Christian, whatever, like attending, um, a non-denominational church and, and uh, was really into Christian music. But this song I feel like still has a lot of, um, it still really resonates and it's called the unmaking and it's by Nicole. I don't know. Her first name is Nicole, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but she talks about literally um, like destroying this, everything down to the foundation and looking at, this naked sky and and the sky has always been something that has um, helped me to feel really grounded. If I'm really struggling, I will go out. I don't, I'm not like a, let's go watch the sunrise or whatever. I'm like, let's go watch the sunset and watch the moon and the stars because those are the constants, you know? Um, And so like she talks, there's a line there about um, seeing the stars. And so like taking all of this stuff down and understanding that that takes time. It takes energy it is hard, hard work to deprogram and to deconstruct and to do all of these things. But um, it's not something that happens overnight. It's worth it. It's worth every taking down every single brick of it. But it's not something that happens overnight. And it could be years later and you could still be taking stuff down. Um, like for me, I, I remember reaching a place where I was like, okay, I'm good. Like I'm feeling good about stuff, whatever. And then... Um, so during COVID, this is a, this would be a whole other podcast, but um, <laughs> during COVID for uh, reasons that I won't go into, I moved in with my mom. It was supposed to be like a two month living with her, with my kids. And it ended up being 14 months and it was, uh, it was a long 14 months and I love my mom. She's a very active member of the church and towards uh, within a few months of moving in with her, there was uh, pressure on my kids to go to mutual activities. There was um, 
not missionaries coming over, but probably only because of COVID. <laughs> like, you know, uh, there were home teachers. There were, um, uh, I don't even remember, just all these things where I was like, I clearly still have stuff that I need to work through because there was just triggers left and right of all these things. Um, there were there were ways that she would say things to me that would like make me feel like I was 14 again and like feeling pressure to like get my young womanhood. And like, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like it was living with her that made me realize that there was still a lot. I, I still had a long way to go. And so I had gone from a place of like deconstructing and being okay. And then like deconstructing more like in a deeper way that I could, that I didn't do before. And, um, I guess just reaching out and making sure that people know that you're journey through this is very much yours. It's not going to match or mirror somebody else's. It's going to be yours. It's going to be very unique. Um, there are going to be people that understand what you're feeling and there's going to be people that don't understand what you're feeling. And there's going to be people that support systems, um, podcasts. There's, um, you know, there's podcasts like yours. There's podcasts like Mormon stories. There's podcasts like, uh, uh, what's the one, the year of polygamy, I think. Um, that there's, but I mean, there's, there's podcasts, there's, there's social media pages. There's, um, there are so many resources out there that I sure did not have when I left the church. Um, and, and there's, there are people that literally understand what it is that you're feeling and going through as you are deprogramming and it is crazy making stuff, but it is really good work. And it's really important work that needs to be done in order for you to, tap into who you really are and your authentic self. And you may not even know who that person is and that's okay because you are taking steps to get there. So I guess that would be my short version of that. And that was kind of long. <laughs> no, that was great. That was, that was beautifully to said. Um, it's funny. Like, I'm definitely going to have you back, by the way, if you're I would open love to that. But, um, <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> that's been great. Um, I, like, I just feel like I'm, like, this is our first, like, actually talking person. Like, we've, like, chatted on Instagram, and we've, like, uh, we did that, like, video back and forth at one yes. point. And um, <laughs> I I just feel like I'm talking to an old friend. So it's yeah. been awesome. Um, I feel the same way. But I, was the... Also, I think you and Dusty need to connect somehow. We're yes. gonna make that happen. Maybe the three of us can do an episode. But um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just got so excited. <laughs> we can talk about yoga. Yes. <laughs> you two yes. can talk about yoga, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, that sounds great. You guys are well, great. This is we'll fantastic." Convert, we can convert you. We okay. Convert you. <laughs> um, but like, what you were, what was? So now that we've, um, your final thoughts were beautiful, um, but we'll definitely have you on to like discuss that a little more. Cause I think that was actually what we end. We ended up diverting more than I, but that's how I am. That's how it is, but it's fine. It's been great. Absolutely. <laughs> I loved the conversation. So, and I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. So, um, and I love what you're doing with your Instagram page. I didn't know that you were so like, that it was a new account and all that stuff, but I don't know if you want to share that. Like, oh, um, okay. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Swexy Exmo. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really funny because I, I got, I became addicted to my Peloton bike during COVID and there was one <laughs> of the instructors actually, he's, he's uh, Cody Rigsby who is on dancing with the stars. 
oh. if you watch Dancing with the Stars, but he's he is my girl's favorite instructor. Um, he's really into Disney and he's fucking hilarious. But he made <laughs> he made a comment on one of the rides about being um swexy, like you know, sweating anyway. And so I'm like, I love that. So yeah, so sexy Xmo is my handle. And yeah, I mean, I would love um for people to reach out if they need support. Um, it's more of a it's definitely not an, an account where I'm like angry. I mean, there I have I have gotten upset about different things and have talked about them, but but it's more of a it's more of an account where I want to promote um healing more than anything and helping people to deconstruct and feel like um they're in a safe place and that they don't have to be i mean anger is part of it it's for sure part of the process but it's not a place where you want to stay in order for you to heal because um you know you want to you want to get a life after leaving the church and not just stay in that angry place um but be able to to heal and to um, and, and start to thrive again, because I feel like as members, I, I never felt like I was thriving as a member of the church, but I sure have felt I've had seasons of it since. And so, um, that's more of like what my page is, is a place where people can, um, can just uh, find tools and, and eventually heal so that they can start to thrive and, and be who they are. So that's, that's, me. <laughs> I mean, that's what I noticed about your page too, like the the healing aspect. I went to therapy right before I was, um, like a year, I was a year before I was leaving the Navy and going through a lot of shit with the Navy. But I was also like uh, personal shit. But I was, um, uh, we, right. It was like literally our last session, and I started talking about Mormonism, and because we had kind of like worked through other stuff and I was like work stuff and personal stuff, but I was just like, um, started talking about like, it would it'd creep in every time we had some of our conversations. And then I just remember the look that my therapist gave me when she was, I was just like laying it on her about like, you know, like the church and all this stuff. And I, this is right before I had resigned. And um, I, she was just like, that like, that's like in your core belief system. And I was just she's like, that's, that's a lot of work. Like where she's like, I advise you to find an, a therapist when you're out and out of the Navy and continue working on that. And I was just like, that was good. But at the same time, I was just like, I just felt like this, like, Oh fuck. You know, like, a, yes. like, a, like, a, um, really like you can't help me now. Like just, let's just start talking about this right now. Like, let's just go, let's just, I, I don't got anything else to it going on. Let's just do it. Let's just, you know, like, uh, but like you said, it takes time. So, um, well, it's it's, sorry, I, I was just no, going to say one of, one of the things that um, I went to, uh, especially for, especially for truth. Is that yes, what? Thank you. Yeah. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I was like, try for, no, 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 no. It was especially for truth. It was a thing for women. And John Dillon was one of the speakers, but one of the things that he said specifically was um, there are, there's a lot of fantastic therapists out there, but unless you've got somebody that like, I, I feel like, I don't know about you, Jake, but I feel like for me, if you don't know, like <laughs> what it's like to leave a high demand religion, specifically Mormonism, um, I feel like that there's not, I, I feel like there is a really deep, like in your soul validation 
either getting coaching or um, going to therapy from somebody who has left that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of healing that comes from that deep, deep validation. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that was one of the things that John said at John Dolan said at the, especially for truth. And I'm like, yeah, that totally makes 100% sense. Uh, And even if it's not therapy, even if it's a, a coaching session, which actually that's one of the things that I've thought about doing and I've looked into some different programs because I don't think I want to be a therapist anymore. Um, but I think that I would really enjoy doing coaching and doing like bigger, like more group type of a thing, because I, I honestly feel like in a group you do, and I'm, I'm very much an introvert. So for me to say that is a big deal, but I do feel like there's a tremendous amount of healing that comes from being in a group that can validate what you're feeling. And I don't feel like you need to tell your story 300 times in order to get that super deep validation, if that makes sense. Like I, I feel like some people like, I don't know, like they feel like they need to, to, say it until finally they're they're heard by that one person but i feel like when you're in a group of people that are like oh my god i totally totally feel that you know um that is something that's on a level that you can't get anywhere else if that makes sense oh yeah and just not not feeling alone about that like you said like when you left like you felt very alone and like in navigating it and so having a group just like how i built the group for my yes. straight yeah. lions, like uh-huh. it all comes full circle. So, um, yeah. but the, <laughs> like, it, you need people that you can that will empathize and that you can that will validate also, and mm-hmm. and also to like, uh, so Dusty and I, uh, she's had an experience with her resignation where it got denied, and so there's a lot of anger mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's an episode just what we recorded already. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna be like, okay, send me the yeah, because yeah, like I said, I've got this whole queue of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but uh, like I. It's um, just the, the the ability for us to like she like I was just like girl let's just talk about this like let's just vent you know like let's have a vent session that's basically what the episode is is like mm-hmm. um, by the time anyway whatever um, I don't know how it's gonna all work out yet but um, the <laughs> but that's it's been nice to she said at the end she's like this is like a good therapy session and that's um, basically what like. I feel that's what like I've been so it's been an eye-opening experience for me to like do this podcast because I'm like I didn't think that I would be like I've had some incredible guests on here like people that I know people that I don't know very well and like um just making these great connections but like and just like being able to just talk like you know and validate my experiences validate yours and like come together and like this is where we can like move on, you know, and this is how we can yeah. heal. heal. Yeah. This is where we can heal and, and yes, move on and like, let go of, of some of the, yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, well, this is listeners. This is a long episode, so I hope you stuck with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thank you again, Becky. We will, I'll definitely have you back on. Um, and we can talk more about like the healing and whatever, um, whatever we want. Anyway, yes, um, <laughs> I love it. My pleasure. <laughs>